0: Welcome to Talking TRM, the Travel Risk Management podcast. I'm Bex Dedman, and I'm an independent consultant specializing in ISO 31030. During my transition from corporate travel to travel risk, I have met some incredible individuals driving travel risk management forward with passion and expertise. On this podcast, I'm going to chat with them about their stories and hopefully inspire our listeners to start their own travel risk management journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking TRM, the podcast dedicated to travel risk management. I'm excited again I always get really excited because the thing is I love my guests so (laughs) when I get another person who I really really adore and admire and I think is a good friend too to actually be able to come and talk to on a podcast I get even more excited than I normally would do so I will be introducing this lady very very shortly um we have known each other for a good few years now I don't even want to count the years Sam actually let's not do that let's just say it's been a few years Um, throughout our travel lives when we were sort of working that side and actually more so now since we've both crossed over and become consultants in different fields but the work that we do complements each other and and it comes up again and again um, and just to give people a little bit of a taste what we're talking about is travel risk on one side and and sustainability on the other so without further ado I'm going to ask my first question and I'm going to get this wonderful lady to introduce herself so if you would be so kind
1: who are you and what do you do thank you it's such a pleasure to be here with you um I'm Sam Tandy I uh i'm the ceo of uh, responsible futures it's an organization that is dedicated to guiding inspiring and educating people and businesses to become more sustainable and socially responsible we do that through consulting through training educational webinars also have my own podcast sustained talks um, do masterclasses as well But I spent, my journey started, I spent eight years in the business travel industry, but my journey started before that, about 10 years ago in sustainability, when I was the director of Sustain Magazine. And I think that's where I first found my passion for sustainability. Um, And then over the years in business travel, it kind of took a bit of a backtrack and actually the magazine closed down because 10 years ago, sustainability wasn't as big of a topic as it is today. So I carried on business travel show, director of that, and then um, became the country manager of TravelDo, an online booking tool. Um, And that's when I first started to get back into sustainability because we had on the um, booking tool, you could see the carbon footprint of the flights when you went to book the flights. Um, And nobody really noticed it at the time, but it was always there anyway, as sustainability started to become a little bit more popular, I realised that I, you know, I got to an age I'm 50 now, and I got to an age where I wanted to have a more purpose driven career, and made the decision to leave my job and go it alone and launch Responsible Futures, very, very scary, um, but very exciting as well. And I wanted to educate people through my background being in exhibitions, conferences. I wanted to run educational webinars and share information with people um, on how they can be more sustainable and socially responsible. So I've been doing it for almost three years. I absolutely love, love having a purpose-driven career, uh, having so many amazing conversations. And um, I am also an assessor uh, with uh, CSR accreditation, I work with a green pension organisation, with an electric car organisation, I'm an advisor to Eco-Friendly Web Alliance, I also work very closely with Earthly Nature-Based Solutions, and yeah, it's been... It's been a whirlwind, but um, very, very difficult uh, running your own business. But um, the the purpose driven aspects has, has been amazing. Wow,
0: thank you, Sam. Um, there's so much that I kind of want to touch on there. Let's just talk about very briefly the, the the setting up your own business thing, right? Because that's obviously not easy at all. Um, and it's not easy to leave you know a salary and actually be able to then go and do something that because you have a drive and a purpose doesn't necessarily mean it's going to pay the mortgage, does it every month? And it's quite stressful. So your three is in, which is amazing. Well done. (laughs) She's, she's a bit of a mentor to me. Honestly, I have to look at her and go, she's doing it. She's doing it. I can do this too. Um, So um, how have you, I want to go back and I want to touch on the industry and and sustainability in a second, because I know that we're very passionate about this, but how are you finding the receptiveness of corporates to the stuff that you're doing is it has it has it changed since you first started does it feel like there's more coming are people making the changes that you know we want that we need to be made what what's your opinion on that
1: if I'm really honest I think that two years ago I would say that people were like more receptive to it because it Almost, I think sustainability almost blew up and um, everyone was like, what is it? What do I need to know? Where can I go now? I feel like companies are almost putting it as in a bit of a tick box. And I do think that that's going to change with regulations. And also um, a lot more larger companies are changing their policies to make sure that when you go for an RFP or a tender, that you have to be able to not only show your sustainability credentials by saying, hey, we plant trees, but actually giving facts and figures. And they're saying, if you don't have a carbon reduction plan, if you don't have a net zero plan, then we're not going to work with you. So I think that the, the, and it's very different in the travel industry. So I, I still work very closely with the travel industry. Most of the training that we do is within the travel industry. And, um, you know, it's difficult because I, I love travel. I don't travel as much as I used to, and I'll go into that a little bit later, but I um, there's so much risk around travel now, um, relating it sp- specifically to this podcast, that um, people, some businesses are like look we need to be more sustainable and we're going to travel less and then you see them traveling all over the world and you think i thought you were going to be traveling less so it kind of doesn't make sense and i'm i i get i get a lot of eco anxiety over seeing that and you know when you're working with companies that You know i want the travel companies to do really well and travel is really unsustainable in most parts you know flying around the world and moving goods and um is is really carbon intensive but it's everyone's gonna have to do it and also it's really hard because um the government in the uk aren't um i don't think are being as Supportive when they're opening new um oil and gas licenses and um and changing the dates of the electric vehicles um to to uh from 2025 and i think those kind of things it makes it very difficult um but i i keep going you know there is on the other hand there is a lot of um response whenever and i always find that whenever i do uh post on linkedin i'm i'm a prolific linkedin poster the response i get back is always really 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 positive and people are really grateful for the information that i put out um i just i guess it's my own limited beliefs that think you know that I think that people were saying one thing yet doing another
0: it's difficult isn't it and I think it's such an important topic with the travel side and before we really dive into your why because obviously it's such an interesting it's such an interesting story and the passion that you have within this is what keeps you going and all of us I think when when we're not quite making the money we need to be making it is just the passion that drives us right um but the travel and sustainability question is just tough isn't it you and I have had hundreds of conversations around this offline and none of us are saying don't travel like there's this too many good things around traveling that are good for humans that are good for us seeing our family and our friends and the education that comes with it and the cultural understanding and all of these things are really really important what we're saying is do it with purpose (laughs) and do it with some sort of reflection ability to actually consider, is this the right thing to do? Because, and I'm very outspoken about this and have been for a long time. And I, and I know you feel the same, but I, the travel industry has made traveling incredibly easy to do. And over the last 10 years, a lot more cost effective. It might not feel like that right now as we're in a recovery from the pandemic and obviously travel is more expensive right now, but we've made it excessively easy and we still continue as an industry. You only have to put the television on and, you know, everyone's advertising a holiday and they're doing this and they're doing that. There's nothing wrong with that. We 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 are, to a degree, entitled to a holiday. It's a, it's an interesting word that I choose there, but we feel we are. And it is good for us. But do we need to be going away 17, 18, 30 times a year on a business trip? You know, I've managed business programmes all my working life. And you question some of these trips, you know, really Hong Kong for two days and then another week later, you're in Hong Kong for another two days and you do it again. (laughs) You know, these these are the questions we need to start raising. Um, And it's the reduction piece rather than what we seem to be hung up on in the travel industry, which is just emissions. Right. So we just we do it and then hopefully we track it enough and hopefully we can then offset it. Although that's quite questionable as well, so it's a really, it's a really interesting topic, and it's something that I personally feel the travel industry kind of needs to get a hold of and and do more with. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I, you know, I, as you said, we've had so many conversations about this, and I think that um the way that travel changed from 10 years ago is it became so simple um to jump on and off planes yeah. like their buses and I think with the with the rise of low-cost airlines it um, it became really cheap, really easy that you can jump on a plane go to a conference in a different country but it got to the point where it was, you know and last year i saw uh, some people that went to five different conferences in five different countries one week after the other seeing the same people having exactly the same conversations where the topics of the conferences were exactly the same and that's the bit that i think yeah. we need to stop i think that the that travel should be valued when i was a child we used to have one holiday a year it was like it was a huge expense it it would save um you know my my parents would save all of their money for this trip and i think that we need to get back to valuing travel Uh, the other thing is i love in person i love going to conferences and meetings but again i've limited that to um not go to i don't do um international travel i i try um as much as i can to do one maybe two flights a year at most and i keep a really close eye on my carbon footprint i used to jump on a plane 20 times a year without even thinking about it and i used to go to those five conferences as well and um see the same people and and have the same conversations and i think that that's the thing it's about saying do I really, really need to go? What is the purpose of this? And actually, when you have your own business, you question it not because, not just because of your footprint, but also because of how much it costs. And all of a sudden, when you don't have a huge company expense account, then um, you really think a lot more about what you go to, when you go, how you get there, um, the cost of getting there, and also your footprint as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's really, it's changed. And I think that we need to go back to really considerable, responsible travel, I call it, is, is do you need to go and questioning the first thing that you do is why? And do I really need? And to it's go? so
0: difficult, isn't it? When in our psyches we like going. <laughs> Sometimes we make up trips and reasons that we need to go to a trip because we want to go to a country. So it's a, such a, it's such a change.
2: Not sure where to start with implementing a standard such as ISO 31030. A gap analysis exercise from ascent risk management is the best place to start. Our expert consultants will take you step-by-step through your chosen standard and highlight any weak areas. This can be conducted remotely and the results of the gap analysis can form the plan for your targeted project. Contact Ascent today at www.ascent1.com and booking your gap analysis today.
0: So let's, let's get into your why, Sam. What, what, Because these are big changes you've made. Um, And like I say, I I just have so much respect for you, but I've also sort of followed you from a perspective of what you started doing with your carbon tracking. I was like, actually, do you know what? I'm going to do that too. And I managed to reduce this year too massively, so I was really pleased with myself. But what what was it that made you do this? And it might be really obvious to people, because obviously we're like, well, the bloody planet's dying (laughs) surely. But let's really get into that, because some people are able just to kind of go whoop, and not think about this and for others you talked about eco fatigue did you call it or ego eco eco anxiety sorry anxiety
1: as well mm. so yes please so I I mentioned it a little bit before in my introduction I um I was coming up to uh the age of 50 I've Always worked for very large corporates. Um, always an uh, an unbelievable, you know, very grateful for the salary that that I I earned throughout my my years. But as I was coming up to the age of fifty, I was getting sick of okay we need another million and we need another million. And, you know, you've got to work more and you've got to work harder, and you've got to travel more. And I was working from, like, leaving my house at 7 o'clock in the morning and getting back at 8 o'clock in the evening. And it just became... So um, I just didn't see the purpose. I didn't... uh, The the companies that I was working for, I didn't feel that there was a, a huge responsibility for the individuals i didn't feel valued and the changes that i made to a purpose driven career when i when i was thinking about it i was thinking what can i do that is really purpose driven but what am i passionate about as well and when i'd worked in um in sustainability 10 years ago before business travel i really had a massive passion for sustainability but it wasn't ready at the time and I was just in a position where I had some savings and I, I knew what I wanted to do and I set out to do it. I think the biggest change for me has been, personally, it's not about the money. It's not about what I buy. You know, I don't spend, I don't earn, but I don't spend every single buying decision has become um, a big decision. Before it was never a big decision. I used to go shopping and never look at the prices of things. I used to book trips and not look at the prices of things. And now every decision, whether it's food, whether it's clothes, whether it's um, events, whether it's travel, whatever it is, that's a really big thought process that goes behind it um, which is about two things reducing my emissions you know and also cost and I because I read and see and talk sustainability and climate crisis every single day I'm really close to what's going on and I think that what is happening now and where we're going to be in 10 years' time. I can see where we are in 10 years' time if we don't urgently make the changes now. I don't have children, so for me, it's never been about um, my children's futures. But um, I actually think that even at my age, I think that we're going to see um, challenges in 10 years' time that are are really, really going to cause every single person, no matter where you live, are going to cause us problems. You know, you've only got to look at the recent flooding that we've had um, this last week, uh, whether that that actually affected my walk that I like to go. I love to go and walk um, by the reservoir. And I couldn't because it was completely flooded. My long wellingtons wouldn't even get through the water. I've never seen that before. Um, the heat waves that, that we had last year, uh, last year was the the hottest year that has been recorded globally. And these kind of things, getting food, I remember last year, um, I really liked tomatoes and went to the supermarket. There were no tomatoes. You couldn't get a tomato. You can get eggs. Eggs is part of my... my um, Diet every pretty much every single day. You couldn't even get any eggs. Food scarcity and um, floods and heat waves. That's going to be every day. And the amount of time that we're seeing these natural disasters is becoming more regular. And that is only going to increase and increase and increase and increase. And it. That's scary. That's scary for me. That's scary to the cost of living. Like our costs of living are going up so much. And we, I worry about that. I worry about how, you know, you just got to look at the number of food banks that are out there. Had we heard about food banks three years ago? Not in this country. So all of these things are having a massive effect on us. And then and, and that's why I wanted to do what I could. I I try, I know in, at times I'm a little bit um, pushy and a little bit outspoken, but I, I do believe that if everybody just did a little bit less, um, then we would be in a better position. So if everybody uh, a little bit less read me and travelled a bit less and didn't buy... Um, From Sheen all the time and yeah if we didn't spend like if everyone did a little bit then we wouldn't be in this position and we'd be able you know i believe it, like it, it that that it is possible but it's that difference between extremism and living our everyday lives so it feels like
0: that's my life thank you it it feels I'm just listening to you going and I need to take this to her now and it feels like this seismic change that everyone's been sort of talking about is now you know it's it's now like it, it should have been 10 years ago but it wasn't and I think it's so interesting the sustainability thing in travel because we were carbon counting 10 years ago but nobody was interested in it and we weren't doing it that well so travel didn't really kind of Develop that until the last sort of two to three years when there's been an awful lot more going on and some great companies out there really moving things forward in that space but again we focus on the emissions piece we don't focus on the bit that we need to change as people um, and it sort of you sort of wonder you, you can talk to different communities you can talk to different companies you can talk to different age groups and everyone seems to have a very different opinion on this, uh, which, of course, in some ways, is good within the workforce because I think as the younger generations are coming through, they are really pushing this agenda through because it's their future, right, <laughs> and their children's future, and so on. And they feel that they've been handed something that you know the generations above have not taken the responsibility they should have taken, and that you know so that things are happening. But you have this apathy with people who just kind of go, it's not, you know, I know, I can't tell you how many people I all talked about global warming isn't real, climate change isn't real. And you're like, um, right. And just even just talking about the two things you just detailed there, you know, in the UK, we can feel quite distant from it. You know, we're not in an earthquake zone, we're not, um, we don't have volcanoes, we don't really have national disasters. I mean, it hits two, two degrees and we're freaking out totally. So, it's a very different experience for us. And we seem to just kind of get rid of it, but you only have to look across to America and some of the experiences they've had to Australia, to the wildfires that are getting worse and worse every single year to Greece this year with the fires that rage through. It's not getting It's. I remember when I was a little girl and getting into this for the first time when I was about 15, 16 and I found out about animal testing and I was, like what the hell is this <laughs> why are we doing this and I, I somehow felt as i grew up and became an adult we'd be taking care of this stuff and we'd be changing this stuff because we were talking about chopping the rainforest down then you know that was when body shop was at their heyday and all this kind of stuff was going on and we've got worse we've got so much worse than better yeah. as far as you know how we buy how we we just we, how we consume i think is is the word yet we've never had more information in front of us to tell us that we shouldn't be doing this you know when the world health organization is talking and all these huge organizations and then you have governments unfortunately not doing the same thing it becomes really contradictive doesn't it and people don't
1: always know where to go Uh, i was just gonna say but on you know when i really look at it and i think four years ago would we be having this conversation Mm. absolutely not And would I be able to post stories every single day about sustainability? Absolutely not. So I do think that, you know, the times are changing, that companies are setting net zero goals, that they are prioritizing reducing their emissions and people are too. And, you know, I, I think a massive part of that was, yeah. was COVID, that we, yeah. um, you know, it was for for everybody all of a sudden, walking in nature was one of the best things that you could do. And I think people's um, understanding of our forests and our lands have really, really improved. Although, you know, we have a real problem with biodiversity. I do think that people have woken up a little bit to, you know what? I can look out my window, I can go five minutes, I can go to the forest or or walk along the beach and that they can see it and feel it and they, they know it's there. That wasn't the case, um, you know, it it wasn't the case. And that's
0: so true and that's such a positive way of looking at it because it can sometimes just feel like you're on your own thinking about it, can't you? And, it, and the world doesn't seem to be changing quick enough. Um, and you're right, there is that and there are people who are, thinking like that and are aware of the effects that nature have on us right as a positive thing for our mental health which is essential
1: if i didn't get a forest walk in once a week these days i'm like what's going on oh absolutely and i just want to i just want to add something else to that as well and that is about the um you mentioned Mm. about young people and you know they want to work for companies that, that that are doing good they have woken up to, you know, you can't just offer a free breakfast and that's going to be acceptable. They want flexible working. They want to um, be able to work for companies that they can see that they're giving back, that social value is really important to them. So, that attracting talent and retaining talent has become a really big part of the sustainability and social responsibility conversation um you want to work for a business that you can see is doing good and i've seen so many great businesses that are doing good that are attracting the best talent and i've seen companies that are doing it really badly and they're losing talent to those that's good businesses. strong
0: that's really strong and that's across all industry right okay. it's not just looking at certain sectors you're seeing this across everything okay yeah. that's that's strong hmm. Good. I have a lot of faith in these younger generations or support them and everything I can do. But I do have a lot of faith in them. So with all this in mind, then, like thinking about how we can take steps forward, how we can get better, whether that um, we when we look, when we look at our sort of tips at the end of the podcast, it's really however you want to sort of take that. So we could take it from somebody who's looking and wanting to reduce um, as opposed to. You know how do we how do we make these changes? I guess, and what are your steps and what are your tips to kind of help people on this journey?
1: So, for me, it's have the conversation. If they're not doing something about it within your company, start up a sustainability group or uh, you know join the CSR group or getting get involved, educate yourself. That is so much free content um you go to youtube and look up responsible futures shameless plug um there's 90 videos free videos on there that you can have a look at what's going on um linkedin i i find just so much fabulous fabulous content um all of the news channels you know if you look at bbc if you look at sky uh if you go to guardian they've all got climate pages so go and educate yourself as much as possible the the green sector for jobs is probably the most growing industry um pwc said that Green jobs are growing four times the rate of the overall UK employment market. Um, Zero will deliver seven hundred and twenty-five thousand jobs by twenty thirty. So, as a as an industry, it um, and every single job now is is related to green. You know, when I go into companies, I'm not just training salespeople or um frontline people we're talking to marketing people we're talking to accounting people we're talking to operations people it's it really touches every single department so i think that's really important i did also just want to um point on something else um i don't know if you've seen but this morning the um the uh, world economic forum Global Risk Report was uh, came out today. Um, the, I'll, I'll, I'll ping it to you immediately after. Um, the current risk landscape, the number one is extreme wow. weather <laughs> on the survey. The number one, um, and that's the current risk landscape. When you look at um, short-term and long-term, uh, over short term, over two years, the number one is misinformation and disinformation. Number two is extreme weather events. But what's interesting is when you look at 10 years out of 10 of the risks, the top four are related to climate extreme weather events, critical change to our systems, biodiversity loss and ecosystem collapse, natural resource um, wow. shortages. That is crazy that those risks that they're out now, it's, it is clear that that is affecting everyone globally. And I think that that, like I, it, I watched um, uh, a, a conference online this morning and then the report came out straight after that. And I, I just was like, Look, this, if, if you're not doing it now, get involved. Understand it, get your head around it, speak to people that the other thing that I find within this sector is so many people, If somebody sent me a message and said, Oh, have you got 30 minutes? I just want to have a conversation. I just want to understand a bit more. I'm not going to charge for that. I'm. I'm yeah. gonna have the conversation with anyone and everyone. If people have questions, if people ping me a question, um, if they contact me on LinkedIn, I will respond to them and send them links and advice and videos and help and answer their questions as much as possible. There are so many people willing to help and educate and provide information it's a wonderful wonderful sector and um, i'm really proud to be part of it
0: i only saw like i see glimpses of the sector because obviously i work right next to it but i know when we went to um the big event in london where obviously everybody came together it was the big one wasn't it um and that for me was i haven't been to an event like that for quite a long time and i i did because obviously i feel extremely passionate about this and i i wanted to be amongst other people that felt the same and what really amazed me was you had people from every single generation there and and lots of different backgrounds like this is a human requirement now you know this isn't a, this isn't about companies this is about the or countries this is about the planet as a whole coming together and us as the leading species if you like not necessarily uh, for the right reasons but the dominant species who are in control of destroying this? How we then bring this back? And there are so many people who are passionate about this. And actually, by associating yourselves with groups, by talking to people, by educating yourself, you can feel less alone, and you can feel that the steps that you're taking, mm-hmm. other people are taking them with you as well. So it's not, um, you know, you know that because often, like what well, you know, often you hear people say, "Well, I'm just me, right? What can I do?" Uh, the point is you can and you're part of this as is everybody. And I, and, you know, I love your, you know, if everyone just did a little bit better, that is a really good place to be. You know, no one's saying never eat meat again. No, I do say that sometimes to people, but uh, never, you know, never do this, never do that. Never travel. You know, people are very concerned when you and I get on a screen and they think we're going to be anti-travel. We're not anti-travel. We're just asking you to consider what you're doing because, why would we want to screw this planet up over the next ten years? That, that, that's just we're never we, you know we're not going to get it back um, and we're certainly not going to get species back that we lose and and areas of the planet that we lose um, and it's frightening and it's scary, but we have to jump into it and we have to deal with it and I think that's what I'm hearing from you, Sam, and that's what you did. She left her job, she did it all um, and look at what's going on now and I'm super proud of you and I'm super proud to be able to say I know you, so it's incredible. Um, thank you so much Sam, I've been wanting to get you onto this for such a long time, in fact I had a hit list of people when I first started this and you were there, so I then had to actually have the confidence to come and ask you, which is silly because I've known you for so long, but you know we all we all do it, we all have our moments. Um, but I want to say from a personal thank you, a heart heart, heart thank you for everything that you are doing. I Honestly, anybody I speak to about sustainability, when it hits my role in what I do, your name comes up again and again and again, and you need to be really, really proud of that. Um, Anyone who doesn't know what Sam's doing get in touch with her immediately (laughs) um but let's all just try and work together and remember this is scary but there are people out there that care a lot of people that care and a lot of people who are helping people make the change um for what it's worth I'm going to do one closing line because it's come up all the time it is not sustainability versus travel risk not versus it is part of the same thing um your your risks are sustainability in lots of different ways now be that actually when people are traveling because of weather conditions or because of climate change or because of you managing your program in a non-sustainable way so just going to close that at that point just to
1: make that point
0: sam you got any closing comments and then i will end today
1: yeah i my closing comment would be um it's a mindset change and it's not you know uh, as you said and as i said earlier it's we're, we're not saying stop. And also think about the business opportunity that you can have by doing good. And that is really important that there is so much opportunity with sustainability and social responsibility and keep that in mind and look at it positively and not in a negative um way. So that'd be my closing comment. Amazing. Thank you so much,
0: Sam. So, you have been listening to Bex Deadman, AKA Travel Respects, on Talking TRM, the podcast. Our special guest, Sam Khan, the sustainability guru of the UK and beyond, I will call her. Um, thank you so much for your time today. We'll be back in um, about four weeks' time with another episode. Until
2: then, stay safe, take care, and have fun. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Talking TRM is in association with Ascent Risk Management. If you enjoyed listening to today's podcast, please subscribe and make sure to leave a review. If you need any help with implementing an ISO standard, such as ISO 31 or 30, or if you have any questions regarding ISO, please reach out to Ascent Risk Management to talk to one of our expert consultants today. We can be found at www.ascent1.com. We're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. And links can be found in the show description. This podcast is a Clemark Studio production and was produced by Jessica Ingalls.